Hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It is the Derek Henry Podcast for the seventh day of July, 2023. Happy Friday. It is upon us, the weekend. I hope you got something fun planned. Hope you got something awesome planned. I am Derek Hunter. I am your host. Appreciate you downloading, sharing, telling a friend, all that good stuff. Yeah, looking for good plans to do this weekend. Sign up for the Weekend F and Review at patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast or DerekHunter.locals.com. Check it out. See what's what. See how it's going. And uh, check out the curse program. Why not? Enter the contest, all that stuff. I'm giving away the damn book next week. It's been just too long and too crazy. But anyway, we got a lot to get to. Well, not a lot to get to. We've got some stuff to get to. And why don't we get to that stuff so we can get to the good stuff that is known as The weekend. All right. Oh, by the way, there is no appearance on the Bo Snerdly show this weekend on uh, WABC up in New York. Because Bo is on vacation. So he should be. He deserves it. It's his time. I'll be back next Saturday. He's he's out on the... We need to do a cruise. I need to do a listener cruise. He is um, off with Mark Stein on the Mark Stein cruise. That's what I need. Or I need to find somebody wildly popular to book me on their cruise. So that'll work. Anyway, let's get to it. Cocaine Gate, the booger sugar controversy. It keeps getting weirder and weirder and weirder. How do you know this administration is lying? Aside from the fact that they're talking, it's that the people who have access to the facts, really the only people who have access to the facts in this case, the White House itself, are overseeing an ever-changing story. And ever change. if there was no reason to obfuscate the truth, to hide anything, they wouldn't do it. They'd just say, hey man, coat check girl found some blow, don't know who it belongs to. But we've seen this story evolve from they found cocaine near the entrance to the White House to, oh, they found cocaine... In the White House. It might have been in the residence of the White House. No, it wasn't in the residence of the White House. It was just in a random locker where, uh, you know, anybody, everybody who comes in, they just stick their phone in there. That's not entirely true. Then it became something else today. Where is, was the cocaine? Here is Andrea Mitchell and the team over at NBC News reporting on the disturbing new location. Kelly, the big change is where this was found. And it was found, um, by my observation, in a much more secure place, limited access place, than that West Wing reception area. It's still a publicly trafficked, a frequently trafficked place, but it's down near the Situation Room, right off West Executive, down below. And normal people, just average people, just can't get in there, even with the entry from the Northwest Gate. 
Well, let me let me bring you up to date with the reporting that I have. What we have learned is that there are, in fact, two West Wing entrances. You know that. I know that. But for the benefit of our audience. And now the investigation has progressed. And so they're saying the West executive entrance, which, as you noted, is closer to the Situation Room and closer uh, to uh, the Navy mess where there's the facilities for food and so forth. It is uh, also next to West Executive Drive. That's where, for example, the vice president's vehicle is parked. Was it Kamala's booger sugar? Is that what's going on here? How is this thing moving from all, one place to another? How is it we keep finding out, well, maybe now it turns out that it was in Hunter Biden's bedroom. They know the truth. It was found somewhere. It wasn't trying to escape on its own. It didn't have to be tracked down. didn't have to be tackled or beaten up or anything like that. But it's now moved yet again to near the situation room the situation room if i remember correctly the situation room is downstairs down one flight of stairs it's in the basement well it's not really the basement basement there's obviously lots of sub basements at the white house but it is not on the first floor oval office and things like that are maybe i'm wrong about that but you can't it's not right there the situation room is pretty important and protected the only people allowed in the situation room are people with top secret clearances or rappers who are close friends with barack obama remember that wasn't it beyonce and jay-z who were like tweeting out pictures of them in the situation room and everybody's like hey wait a second isn't that highly class you can't even go in there and what the hell are they doing in there it's okay democrats would have to care about national security for that to be a big issue but you can't get in there. I've been on the outside of the door of the Situation Room, but there's, there's equipment in there, technology in there. You're just not allowed in there as a just an average citizen. So to get there, they're not going to put it just inside the door. Here's one of the most secure areas. In one of the most secure areas, we're just going to put it in a tent outside in the backyard. No, it is a protected area which means that somebody got all the way in there with the booger sugar and somehow it fell out of their pocket. Was this in a cubby hole or was this on the floor somewhere? See, now we've gone from yesterday. It was it was in a, like a locker where you check your phone, where you, you go to a comedy show and they don't want to be filmed, so they make you check your phone. And uh, that's where it was. To now it was near the situation room. Was it on the floor? Did it fall out of somebody's pocket as people were walking around? Like it's a small little nickel bag kind of size thing, the kind of little Ziploc bag that really only serves one purpose. They're always sold at the hardware store like the handyman's going to put his penny nails in it, but they're not putting their penny nails in it. It's specifically to basically just carry drugs. Let's just be honest. And uh, if they snuck that in your pocket, I could see how that would get through. It's you're not going on the uh, at the airport where they basically strip you naked with the machine and see your body. They wouldn't it wouldn't set anything off if there wasn't metal in it. And so if it's in your pocket and you're pulling stuff out, something could easily fall out of your pocket. There's a really simple way if the White House wanted to know whose cocaine this is, the area where it was found is surveilled. Security camera, check it all, 
watch it. It can't be that long of a time window where this baggie was sitting on the ground. You're going to see everybody who walked by that area inside of a two-hour window. Contact them. Drug test them. Check their fingerprints against it. We are dealing with criminal possession of a narcotic. It is a crime. You can do these sorts of things. Also, a condition of employment in the White House is that you are subjected to drug tests. It can be random. The only reason this hasn't been done is two reasons possible. They simply don't care or they know who it was and they don't want you to know who it was, which means Hunter. Was it Hunter? I have no idea if it was Hunter. But at a certain point, this is going to be in a way and in a place where Family members don't get searched when they go to the White House. You can go visit your grandpa, your dad, uh, your mom without getting searched, although there's a separate entrance. Hunter likely avails himself to the separate entrance to the residence. But once you're in there, you get free reign. Hunter shows up in footage at events all over the West Wing, all over the East Wing, all over the balcony. Once he's in the White House, he goes any and everywhere. And I bet you his father makes it clear that nobody is to impede Hunter's walking around the White House. It's like he treats him like a like he's a 12-year-old. Like, I want Hunter to be there to see history as it happens. But Hunter's in his 50s. Hunter's a former, at best, junkie who's a degenerate who won't even acknowledge one of his children because he's such a scumbag. And Joe Biden is an even worse scumbag because he raised this guy and also will not acknowledge this child, this four-year-old who did nothing. As a matter of fact, Karine Jean-Pierre, the historic failure as press secretary, was asked about the uh, illegitimate child named Navy. For the first time, as far as I can tell, and her response was exactly like you'd expect it to be. She's such a, a piece of human garbage. This was, this was the entirety of the exchange. This is the entirety of the Biden family talking about one of their own, who, quite frankly, this child is the only member of the Biden family who isn't somehow sullied by the family's corruption. There was a story in the New York Times over the weekend about Hunter Biden's daughter in Arkansas. Uh, does the president acknowledge this little girl as his granddaughter? I don't have anything to share from here. I don't have anything to share from here. I don't know. I don't know. There's nothing in my binder about this. I don't have anything to share from here. Is he ever going to acknowledge this kid? Look, Joe Biden has many fewer days in front of him than he does behind him. He will die soon in the grand scheme of the universe in the coming years, in the coming short years, probably the next 10 years or so. Nobody lives forever. The chances, the opportunities for him to meet his granddaughter, to be a decent human being for once in his miserable life are dwindling. He's been a bad father. He's been a bad grandfather. He's been a bad senator. He's been a bad vice president. He's been a bad president. All through all of it, he's managed to get rich and richer and richer 
and richer. And he's looking at a kid that his own degenerate son fought tooth and nail to make sure he didn't have to pay child support for. Worse than that, he fought tooth and nail to make sure that the kid did not get his last name. Why? Because he's a scumbag. That's why. And Joe Biden plays along with it. There's a point where you tell your own child that you won't do the right thing, I will. Joe Biden doesn't have the right thing in him. It's rather gross, to be honest with you. And that the president of the United States plays along with it is disgusting. But this is who Democrats are. This is how Democrats are. If it is not useful to them in some way, monetarily, politically, then it might as well not exist. Hunter is useful to Joe in many, monetarily, obviously, he's brought in the millions of dollars that Joe is now worth. It bought him a nice oceanfront mansion in Rehoboth Beach, for example. But he's also good politically because he allows Joe to whine about how mean those evil Republicans and Democrats do this too, how mean those evil Republicans are to their son. Joe Biden just loves his son. Joe Biden just loves his son, and those mean old Republicans keep on attacking him. Joe Hunter Biden hit bottom and got straight. Did you ever hear anything about Hunter Biden going to rehab? That's an honest question. I've never heard anything about Hunter Biden going to rehab. I don't know that he didn't go to rehab, but we are led to believe he got straight somehow. Did he get straight without rehab? Is he the rare person out there who can just will themselves free of horrible, debilitating drug addiction? Or did he just kind of pull it together and become a better functioning junkie? Did he quit? I don't know. I'd be curious to know. It would be interesting to know if he did inpatient thing. It would be a good example for others if we found out how it was that Hunter went from being a degenerate to suddenly not being a degenerate and having his life together. You'd think that story they'd want out there. It would be a triumphant story. Maybe he's told it if he did once, but it's not widely known. Just seems weird. Something you might want to, I don't know, mention from time to time. But like I say, Democrats are just kind of gross people. Gross people. And I mean that about all of them. All, there isn't really an elected Democrat that you look at and you think, well, that's a decent person. Occasionally they come along and they pretend that they are. They all virtue signal that they are. And then you find out just by just peeking a little bit behind the curtain, a little bit below the surface, you go, wait a second. These people are frauds. These people are bad people. New York Times today. This, this is one of those stories where it would be a death blow. 20 years ago for a Democrat, it would be a death blow today for a Republican. Different standards, of course. The headline, the mayor, meaning the mayor of New York, Eric Adams, the mayor had a photo of a fallen officer. Was his story about it true? Subheadline: Mayor Eric Adams has often talked about a wrinkled photo of a fallen police officer that he kept in his wallet. Now that photo and the story have been called into question. There's the picture of Eric Adams holding up the photo. It looks crinkled. It looks like it's been stuffed in his pocket or a wallet for a very long time. And you read this story, and it gets really interesting really fast. 
In Mayor Eric Adams' first month in office, he was confronted with a tragic crisis. The death deaths of two New York City police officers who were responding to a domestic disturbance in Harlem. Mr. Adams, a former police captain who campaigned as a Democratic crime fighter, quickly sought to humanize the killings and the loss of the officers, he said, reminded him of the 1987 line-of-duty death of a friend, Officer Robert Venable. Quote, I still think about Robert, Mayor Adams said at the news conference at City Hall. Quote, I keep a picture of Robert in my wallet. Now, it's kind of weird that a grown man keep a picture of somebody he knew who was murdered back in 1987. Doesn't seem beyond the realm of possibility, but it seems a little bit odd. Just odd. See? So then the story gets more interesting. A week later, Mr. Adams posed with, uh, for a portrait in his office holding a wallet-sized photo of Officer Venerable that the New York Times had requested to see. Apparently, they didn't request to touch it. Mr. Adams has since repeated the moving anecdote in media interviews and at a police academy ceremony last June where he again displayed Officer Venable's picture. But the weathered photo of Officer Venable has was not has not actually spent decades in the mayor's wallet. It had been created by employees in the mayor's office in the days after Mr. Adams claimed to have been carrying it in his wallet. B.S. In other words, the employees were instructed to create a photo of Officer Venerable according to a person familiar with the request. A picture of the officer was found on Google. It was printed in black and white and then made to look worn as the mayor had been carrying it for some time, including by splashing some coffee on it. And the person said, who spoke on condition of anonymity because of fear of retribution. Two former City Hall aides who asked not to be identified say they were informed about the manipulated photo last year, not long after it was created. Isn't that interesting? Fabian Levy, a spokesman for the mayor, did not dispute that Mr. Adams had shown a photo to the Times that at uh, and the police ceremony that had been recently created by a city hall aide. I carry this picture. It means so much to me. Hey, can we see it? All right, guys, whip up something. I said something matters to me. Go find it. Go Google an image of this guy and print it up. Make it look old. The Times is coming after lunch today. I mean, this is scumbag stuff, but it's not untypical for Democrats. It's really not. Barack Obama, I referenced this this week or last week, Barack Obama in his, one of his autobiographies, one of the first two autobiographies, not the third one, wrote about girlfriend in college. A girlfriend dated some white girl in college, I think it was, blah, blah, blah. And some enterprising young journalist who's probably now an MSNBC contributor and has given up on the profession, looked up, tried to find... This girlfriend. Now, there was no name given, but it was kind of interesting. Like, hey, no former girlfriend of the President of the United States has ever been interviewed. Wouldn't it be interesting to land an interview with somebody? It'd be interesting to land an interview with a friend of the President. Somebody went to college with them. Somebody had fun with them. These people don't seem to exist. Nobody's ever bothered to look for them. But somebody looked for the girlfriend. Couldn't find them. Couldn't find the girlfriend. 
And so they asked the White House, and it turned out, according to Barack Obama, that the girlfriend he wrote about in one of his autobiographies, as if she were real, was not in fact real. She was a conglomeration of characteristics and stories that had happened with multiple dates or girlfriends or friends or whatever. Just people just kind of rolled them all into one and created this myth, which makes it a lie. You knowingly tell something that is not true. That is a lie. There's a very short three-letter word for that. No big shake. The press then quickly dropped it. It didn't matter that the president of the United States lied. Normally, a normal human being would hear that and go, well, now we really got to go and find some of these people because that's a screwed up story. That's a weird ass story. We need to find out what we can about any of these people and see what, you know, let's see what else is a lie. That would be the normal way to handle this. But you seem to forget how much the media literally slobbered over Barack Obama. It wasn't just Barack Obama, though. Joe Biden's entire life is a lie. They let it slide. We've covered that so often it's not worth repeating here. But then there's Cory Booker. Cory Booker had a guy named T-Bone, right? Cory's mayor of Newark, New Jersey. It's a tough town. And there is a bad dude, just like Corn Pop. Every bit is bad, if not worse, Corn Pop. And uh, he becomes, Cory Booker becomes, Cory Booker has no real street cred. He grew up in a wealthy neighborhood, wealthy parents, both executives for IBM. When he finally was running for mayor of Newark, he took an apartment in a poor neighborhood in Newark so he could pretend, because he never experienced poverty, he never experienced one, he never experienced anything. So he had to do some poverty tourism. Oh, yeah, no, he's just like everybody else. No, everybody else doesn't voluntarily uh, rent an apartment on Skid Row so they can pretend to be down with the cause of poverty. Well, in his tales of his poverty tourism, Cory Booker talked repeatedly about a guy named T-Bone, the drug dealer, the tough T-Bone showed him the ways of the street, what you couldn't learn growing up wealthy, the wealthy child of IBM executives, T-Bone could convey. And boy, howdy, did Cory Booker learn from T-Bone. And then eventually, and it's a testament to just how lazy the media is that it took so long for anybody to look up any of Barack Obama's girlfriends and have those questions, or anybody a year later after this photo, you can tell if a picture is new or old or printed. A year later, they're finally kind of looking into this, the New York Times and the mayor. And it was years later with Cory Booker that somebody decided, you know what would be an interesting interview? T-Bone. Let's go find the notorious T-Bone who showed Cory Booker the ways of the street. And so they started looking and started looking. And it turns out eventually... When they couldn't find anything, the Booker campaign then came out and admitted that T-Bone never really existed. T-Bone was fake. T-Bone was, again, a conglomeration of people and ideas. It was even worse than Barack Obama, although we don't really know how lying Barack Obama was. But they just made him up whole cloth to represent what Cory Booker 
wanted to pretend to have been, which is somebody who wasn't engaged in poverty tourism, never really faced hardships in life, but instead did. You can tell how pampered a life Cory Booker has led that when he was questioning Brett Kavanaugh for the uh, Supreme Court during that hearing, he said, this will be as close as I get to my I am Spartacus moment. Yes, if you have lived a life of privilege, and I use that word because the left loves to use that word. If you had lived a life of complete and total privilege, something insulated to the point of really blind ignorance about how the world really works, then yes, you need to create a fiction around yourself to make yourself look like less of a loser. And that's apparently what Cory Booker did. That's what Barack Obama did. That is what the mayor of New York did. Will these people be called out on it? No, because to call them out on it, what they did was bad. It's bad, especially Adams playing on the murder of a police officer to try and pretend to give a damn about that. But all of these people, at least so far as we know, since journalism was never really done, after once they kind of heard, oh, no, no, that was a lie. Sorry, but the person doesn't really exist. They all kind of just said, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. I thought I, I wasn't able to work Google properly, but I guess they're not, uh, it's not my skills. All right, well, I don't really care. Moving on. If they suddenly started caring about that, they might have to start caring about Joe Biden's lies. They might have to start going down those rabbit holes. They might have to point out that when Joe Biden talks about his grandkids, I talk to my grandkids every day. I love my grandchildren. I have six of them. Somebody might get within earshot of Dr. Jill Biden and point out, hey, Grandma, why are you such a worthless pile of scumbag stupid person who won't acknowledge a four-year-old kid sired by your degenerate stepson? Do you give your word as a Biden to not be a complete and horrible, awful person to this child who's literally done nothing to you? Who you won't acknowledge, you won't, you'll hang up a freaking stocking for your dog, but you won't hang up one for your own flesh and blood. Will you do that? Can you explain it? Nope. The leftist media doesn't care. They don't care any more than whether or not this cocaine belongs to Hunter Biden. By the weekend, the Coke story will probably have evolved into something where they can just eventually say, well, we'll really never know. It could have come from anybody. Or we have identified who it came from and uh, the appropriate steps have been taken in the interest of privacy and because we can't talk about it. We won't talk about it. It's an employment issue. They'll find some way to dodge the question. And there will be no pushback. There will be no nothing because the people involved in this administration, everybody involved in this administration, is a scumbag is a gross person. How do you work for somebody who, you know, you know you've got another granddaughter. She's done nothing to you and you get physically angry. You refuse to acknowledge that kid. You won't talk about your You're president of the United States. This is permanent. This kid is going to never know you. 
You're going to die without acknowledging. Yeah, I get it. You're a degenerate son. You're worthless pile of crap kid doesn't want to admit it and maybe makes his wife uncomfortable because she gave birth around the same time that the stripper gave birth to this kid. And that means that Hunter was screwing everybody and everything. And she was just the one who stuck for now. Given Hunter's past, it won't be very long. But you don't, probably don't want to be reminded of that as the, I'm sure she was another, the other woman at one point because he was dating his sister-in-law because he's a gross scumbag. So I could see why it would make her uncomfortable, but that doesn't mean he can't just do the right thing in the face of some adversity. And it sure as hell doesn't mean that Joe and Jill can't. Joe claims he never once talked to his son about his overseas business or any really any of his business dealings. He could simply deal with the child that Hunter doesn't want to acknowledge and not talk to Hunter about it. He's a neglectful father. He takes no interest. It's a weird kind of thing to admit. No, I've never talked to my son about anything related to his wife, even life casually. I just don't care enough about the guy to do that. It's kind of a weird admission against interest, but that was Joe's ploy. Why not throw the grandkid in there if your shtick is... I give you my word as a Biden, and we Bidens, we stick together, and there's no group more loyal than the Bidens. The Manson family has more loyalty than the Bidens. Just just bad people. They are bad, bad people. Anyway, I'm going to stop there. I've got to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning again and do one more day on morning radio on Friday. And then I get to sort of sleep in. I'm going to be on Newsmax, I guess, Saturday morning. Instead of the uh, James Golden thing, I'm going to be on Newsmax at uh, 8.30. If you're up and looking at Newsmax, H30-ish. I don't know. Talking about the booger sugar, talking about anything. Who knows? The whole damn story will change by then. I'm sure it will be featured prominently in the Weekend F and Review at patreon.com slash Podcast or derekhunter.locals.com. I hope to see you there at midnight Otherwise, it's been kind of a weird short week because of the holiday. Make it a great weekend, and we'll be back here on Monday. Thank you for listening. 